A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? Cars, 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 cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. This episode is going to be a Goodwood Festival of Speed special. Just talking about that? No, because oh. I've got some other things I want to talk about. But we are going to come on to that because, well, it's been the first time. It's like a the car show of the year, really. We haven't had Geneva now for a couple of years. And, you know, whilst sort of things have been launched here and there, and we've spoken about them on the podcast, they haven't all been in one place at one time. And we haven't seen all of them at the same time. So we've got a lot to discuss. Yeah. Is it still the biggest show in Europe, Goodwood? Oh, I don't know. In terms of, like... People attending and cars there and stuff? Uh, yeah. How just you the whole... Hundred, was it 150,000 each day or was it across the weekend? Well, it definitely wasn't as busy as it normally is. No. For sure. Yeah, it felt quieter in terms yeah. of manufacturer presence. Yeah. But also people. Maybe they... Maybe they... Maybe it's biggest in terms of the vast area that it's spread across. Yes, geographically biggest. Geographically, yeah. yeah with Lord it does take March's 45 minutes to walk from one place to the other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, so we're going to come back to because there are loads of new cars that we have kind of seen before. There weren't too many sort of covers off moments. So we sort of did know what was going to be there or we've at least discussed it before, but we saw it dynamically for the first time, a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, we'll, so we'll reflect on all of it. But before we get to that, a couple of other things I want to talk about. Uh-huh. Firstly... I've decided to sell the 911. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going on collecting cars. Did you? Now, be honest, dear mm. boy. Did you actually really enjoy that car? You know what? This is what it's boiled down to. I genuinely don't think I spent enough time in it. And Mm. that's the problem because every time I have driven it, I've gone, God, it's good, this car. It's It's a really nice car. And I said in a video on the main channel, that sounds like a, it's not a compliment, Mm. but it, it really is because like every 911, it's just kind of fantastic in almost every way. Yeah. Uh, heart on hearts, maybe not sort of as exhilarating as I would like from a car. Like maybe I'm a bit more of a GT product Porsche guy. You know, that is essentially a 911 Carrera S with some special bits. Yeah. Um, but it is so good to drive. I just haven't gone near it. You know, since I bought it, which was sort of October-ish time last year, I did all that work on it at Visac UK. And then this year, because of lockdown, but because of a number of other factors... Probably driven it three, four times. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you got it. By the way, I did tell you not to buy it. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want you to gloat. No, I really uh, don't want you to gloat no, right now. Yeah. I, I, I won't gloat, but th- that was recently profound right when you got that bill. And it is a really, really nice one, by the way, because you have spent a few quid on it, right? Well, I've spent a ton of money on yeah. it. I mean, we literally, I think it was over £10,000 in parts that Amazing. we fitted in. And all the labour, it's like 35 hours of labor at the guys yeah. of Vysak got the PCCM plus on there so like, it's it's in great shape and but this is the problem this is why I decided it was time because hey I've spoken about it lots of times before firstly I've got to build the F-type fund that needs to happen before yep. I can buy any cars yep. but also Vicky and I are now trying to move house yeah. so I, you know I, if I can free up some cash to assist all of these things it's it's good yeah. uh, and I was sitting downstairs and I was looking at everything and I thought I just really don't use that car and whilst the market is hot, supposedly, mm. whilst there's mm. demand, and whilst I could sort of, you know, benefit from having less cars under my name, 
I thought, hey, let, let's find another, let's find a better home for it somewhere, a home where it's going to use it more. And I think I would have enjoyed it more if I didn't have lots of other cars. I think that's it, mate, because I never really, and knowing you, I never really got that you really connected with it. And that's probably because you never really drove it and you had lots of other alternatives. But if you really, really, really loved it, you probably would have found time to use it. So it's probably... You sell it and let someone else enjoy it. Well, that's exactly it. Because I think, you know, the, the, the best memory I have with that car was really the, the, the most I used it was one day when I got that PCCM Plus unit fitted. And I went down to, oh, where did I go to? Buckinghamshire? Anyway, and spent all day blatting yeah. it everywhere. Yeah. And the drive there, the drive back, but then also the, the roads and I was jumping in and out. I thought, it looks great. It sounds the bomb. It's taking the abuse like a Porsche should. And I went, God, this car's great. And it sat there again for a month and a half without me touching it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was the decision. So it's, it's going on collecting cars. It got photographed last week. I don't know when it will go live, but I think the sort of the coming soon listing is available. So if any of you are interested, I'll, I'll put that in the description of this episode. You can go and check it out. I would, I really want it to go to someone who's going to use it and love it. And it sort of be, because I think it's a one car garage. Oh, well, we know 911s are fantastic, but, but that one is, you know, it's very usable. It's very small. Still got a slightly analog feel. Yeah. It's not too much power. Yeah. It's sort of quiet but loud when you start to rev it out. It's sort of, it ticks almost every box. What we spoke about last week, it's a perfect power. In my opinion, it's the perfect power for a manual gearbox. Is it 300 horsepower? Exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. So, you know, from that point of view, you can get out and have fun with it on UK roads without being too silly. Yeah. Um, so it's a shame. And you know what's going to happen, which has happened every time I've sold a Porsche. In about a month, I'll go, oh my God, I really want another Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, always, always the issue. Um, but it, it just makes sense for me right now to sort of part ways with it, which, I, you know, I'll, I'll be sad about. But it's been an experience mm-hmm. and one that I wanted to do. And I don't regret it, even though I feel like all I did was buy it, spending loads of money on doing it up and now I'm parting ways with it. But these things happen every but now yeah, and then. Yeah, it's sort of, you, you've kind of made it nice for the next bloke. Basically, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, so that was the first thing I wanted to mention. Because it will, you know, start to spread on social media pretty quickly, I think, once that car gets uh-huh. listed on collecting yeah. cars. And secondly, I don't want to talk about the football. I don't want to talk about the football no. because, well, I'm not really that into it. No. But I do want to talk about social media because we've been speaking about this off air really prior to this recording. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was worthwhile talking about it because we've done it a couple of times before. Look, we, we both live in a social media world. We both operate within and around social media. And off the back of the Euro 2020, 2021 final at the weekend... Social media has come to the forefront of the sort of news agenda, hasn't yeah. it? Lots of discussions about negativity, racism, uh, trolling on social media, yeah. and what should be or could be done with it. And I did a post on Twitter, actually, uh, yesterday, saying, thought for the day, could the social media world be a better place or a happier place if every social media platform removed their comment section? Mm-hmm. And... It, it was more of a sort of observation or just a sort of, as I say, a thought. It wasn't like, a, I'm in my opinion, get rid of comments. Yeah. But a lot of the sort of talk, at least, you know, I say in the sort of public eye, has been the thought of let's get verified IDs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the way to get rid of this uh, horrific trolling, make people accountable. Don't let them hide behind fake usernames. Yeah. But in my opinion, that does very little because point was proven on Sunday night, unfortunately, when individuals who decided to be horrifically negative, abusive, racist, whatever it would be, weren't necessarily hiding behind fake accounts. And yeah. most of the time, fake accounts are there because people can't choose their actual names as their usernames. Because social media is so big, you know, you couldn't have your full name. It's probably no. taken by someone. So you have to yeah. make up something. So you're Tony Gravel with car sales. Yeah. Um, and that's often the case. It doesn't stop anyone having the opinions or, or the voice that they want. Sometimes they're not scared to hide who they are and their opinions. And we've seen that in a couple of cases from the weekend. Yeah. And in my mind, that's the wrong thing to focus on. Verifying ID. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the social media companies will have something to say about that as well, because it kind of changes the rules slightly in terms of what they become. If they be, if you become Vera, verification verified if you're verifying ids of your users yeah that social media then becomes a publishing platform essentially to which point they're responsible which which isn't going to happen because obviously unfortunately this world is driven by money and that is what it's all about we wouldn't be having this conversation by the way if people just behaved in general do you know what i mean like what gives you the right to abuse someone because of how they look because of their colour, 
because of how they walk, because of how they talk. It, it, it's, it's not just a, a race thing, it's just in general. And unfortunately, all across the world, not just this country, it's a problem. And I, I, unfortunately, the problem's probably too big to fix. Well, it's an inherent problem with society, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, is not a, uh, this is not a social media problem. And hey, look, my career is in social media. I'm not sitting here trying to pull down social media. I'm not saying it should fundamentally change. I'm just observing from afar in a, an industry or sector of you know, social media that I don't operate in, football. And, and, uh, but you know, we know that trolling and racism, all these issues spread across, as you say, globally and all parts of social media. Um, but it's just become to the forefront off the back of this game. Yeah. Um, but my sort of thing is, is that you can't stop people having those opinions. You just, you can't. People are weird. Yeah. You know, society is odd. There's always going to be people who have strange opinions and, you know, people can judge them for whatever they want. But what social media has done is given a voice to people with those opinions. It's yeah. given an, uh, a, an, an opportunity for others, like-minded people, to then support that. Now, that can be done for the greater good, you know, as I say, people have built careers out of social media, like myself. Mm-hmm. My thoughts, opinions, whatever, on cars. Some people have gone, oh, you know, I, I like watching this, or I don't like watching this, and I'm going to engage with it. And, and, and that's how I've built my business. Mm-hmm. The question mark that I was having, or the thought that I was having, is now social media, how it exists, is the comment section so important? I think early on, when platforms were building, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, comment section was how you built a community how you engage with your followers, no matter how big or small. It's a very important part of the sort of, what, social media, isn't it? Yeah. But nowadays, is it such an important part? You've got the likes, you've got stories, you've got TikTok, where the engagement rate was so quick. The time you spend on anyone's comment is so fast, so quick. And there's so much negativity I see in comments all over the world and all different kinds of, you know, posts and, and platforms. And I just thought, well, do we need it? You know, back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, if an artist released an album, you might get, you know, press reviews from, you know, credible journalists who may or may not like it. But if you didn't like that artist, you wouldn't go and buy that album. Yeah. And, okay, fine, you might be walking down the street and see them and go, mate, your music's crap. But as an artist, I would assume you'd be like, okay, well, he doesn't like my music. Like, that's fine. But that's become something very different on social media. It's allowed people to be negative for the sake of being negative, to seek out opportunities to be negative. Yeah, and it's it's allowed people to... um you know, communicate with A-listers and celebrities that they would never, they would never do that. And, and uh, um, them A-listers or, or celebrities, sportsmen, um, musicians, actors, don't forget, are, are paid very heavily for being on these platforms, whether it be uh, an advertising post a sponsored post, they're all paid a huge amount of money. And I understand because it's a business and that's what it's all about and it's all about target audiences and stuff like that. I, I get that. But I'm not saying that it's correct. By any means, you shouldn't abuse anyone ever in life because these people don't abuse you face-to-face. They'll not, normally hide behind a computer. And I'm a bit more old school, but that very rarely do you in life whatever your gender, do you get someone come up to you in the street and call you a name? They're doing it because they can hide behind a computer and it's very easy for them to do it as well. well. It feels there's less guilt associated with it. I don't think it's necessarily that they're consciously hiding behind that computer, but it's easier to do. Yeah, and it's okay. It's like, it's almost like, it's become like, oh, it's okay to abuse someone. And this this, this is still fundamentally the minority, right? We're not talking about, this is not... Social, every single comment has got horrific, you know, comments and trolling and, mm-hmm. and negativity, etc. But it's the few. But the problem with social media is it allows the few to have a voice, as I say, and to yeah. be supported. And, yeah. and when you group together a few of the few, they become a majority. And yeah. so, you know, as I say, we saw this off the back of the game, you know, people really attacking individuals and then other people supporting that and, and giving it more of a voice and bumping it up that comment section. And that's where I do think these social media platforms have a responsibility when there's a negative comment that's then being supported by other people to, to mm. step in and realise what's going on. Now, then you're probably going to start to cross the border of going, well, then when is it free speech? Then what is being monitored? What's being manu- you know, removed? What if you're in a communist state and you know, freedom fighters are, are posting negative comments on a government portal? Is, is then Twitter going to step in and remove that? Yeah. So 
It's a very, and I, I do not know the answer. I'm not clever enough. I'm not saying I know the answer. And I'm not saying which is the way. It was purely an observation. And as I say, I just think I, I increasingly become unenthused or uninspired by some parts of social media because of that negativity. The, the yeah. cancel culture, the, the sort of quick and easiness to slate someone or yeah. to pull someone apart. And we all see it, you know, hey, Luckily, we have an incredible audience on this podcast. Yeah, who yeah, are we do. Super supportive, super yeah. positive, and we, we we say some controversial things. You more so than me. <laughs> uh, we stir the pot. Yeah, and we we adore the feedback that we of get. Of course, and ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, it's creative, it's constructive. Of course, it's said in the right tone. Yeah, you know, every now and again, someone will come in and have a bit too tough a go and say yeah, some inappropriate that, things. You know, that might be that that's possibly life in general but what what i saw the over the last few days and i have seen it quite a lot before especially on twitter you do get it on instagram i think but i see it a lot more on twitter and i actually put a tweet out the other day myself and i very rarely put tweets out but i did i was so close to deleting my twitter account because i am fed up it doesn't affect me by the mm-hmm. way I, I honestly i've got thick skin and it's water off a duck's back for me. But I am so fed up with seeing these negative, vile comments on Twitter across all different walks of life as well, by the way. You you know, people abuse presenters. Yeah, uh, TV, you know, you know whatever it might be. Everything, mate. Love Island, we're always talking about that in the UK, you know, and obviously that's... Anyway, uh, it's a whole different conversation, but yeah. but you're right, and, and and fundamentally, the world would be a better place if we were all just a bit nicer to each other, and and that's my concern, or that's my frustration with social media is that is that people seem to have forgotten that it's sort of celebrated to be mean, to be nasty, you know, it's sort of funny, it's sort of, and I think even for a, a younger demographic, for a younger age, mm. you know, when I was growing up, we did prank phone calls, stupid, yeah. silly, but you yeah, know, you know, yeah. and, and we used to do knock down ginger, uh, what knock down ginger. Knock down ginger. What's that? Are you joking? Mind no- you, where you lived, the next house was four miles away. So what's uh, knock down ginger? So you'd knock on someone's door and run away. So what we'd do is, but obviously we lived in close knitted streets. So in our street there was probably three million houses. So we'd knock on all the doors and run off. Okay, I think I called it knock and run. Oh. <laughs> I just didn't get the ginger bit. I was like, okay, where are we going Not with this? Ginger, yeah. Okay, but you know, but that's the thing. You know, we, especially as young people, there's always been things that you do, and, and I'm sure I offended some people and was not my prank calls. I, I can't even remember what I said, but it, it's now that it's say it's progressed to this. Ha ha ha! Let's cancel someone. Let's troll someone. I, I I do think that has become this kind of you know it's fun. It's cool to go and tune in someone's live stream and just troll them and abuse them and see what we can get away with. Um, and you know that's the part that needs to somehow be addressed how it's done I don't know and and how it's controlled I don't know but fundamentally on the back of that particular football game and, and the discussions that's in the news right now the bit which really frustrates me is if it had been the flip of it right and any of those three players had scored the winning goal they'd be champion they'd be paraded through the streets they'd be of the best course. things in the entire world yeah, and that's yeah. the fickleness and I actually saw Ollie Webb do a great post on Instagram stories saying Okay, so this is bad because it sounds like I'm attacking football fans and things like that. But I'm just saying, there's some kind of weirdness with sport where can you imagine at Wimbledon, Andy Murray losing in the final or something like that, and then people going out and trashing the strawberry stand and, yeah. and beating up the security guards. Yeah. And like, so it, it is a cultural thing. It, it is a society thing. And I think so, social media does need to change and, and somehow address how this can be controlled but fundamentally as people who operate in the social media world we just don't condone anything that we're seeing or, or hearing at the moment for yeah. the for this very small contingent mm. that's the important thing to say and especially over here on the podcast we are so fortunate to have incredible support yeah all the people we met at the first btg live i know the people who are going to be coming to the next few events as well and all the people that we speak to online you're all fantastic and amazing we are thankful for that but we shouldn't have to be you know we shouldn't have to go oh thank god we don't get trolled yeah it just shouldn't be a thing no you know? no, like, no no that's right I think what doesn't help as well before we move on is that blue tick people troll people as well. You know, like celebrities, not not racially, but you know, they 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 start the the wheel turning and then that that causes racial abuse from that point. I'm not going to mention names, but I have seen it on Twitter where people will say stuff 
celebrities, mate. Mm. People that that you you shouldn't really talk like that. And then what that does is that starts stirring the pot, and then it escalates into vile chants of of someone. Well, as you say, I mean, and that is a societally problem that that is this humanity that, that that but social media has now given that person who maybe would have said it to a group of people at a dinner party or in a pub or a thing and then you know someone would have gone oh, i don't think you should be saying something like that yeah suddenly it's given this huge platform with millions of followers and because of the way that the world is one of those followers is going to go yeah i agree and then it spirals yeah, from there yeah, so for sure um it's a it's a weird old time and who knows what social media is going to look like in the next five or ten years it changes so much year on year and fundamentally all these platforms ever evolving um but it just bought again comment section social media in general to the forefront of the news agenda especially here in the uk and i just don't think this sort of obsession with verified ids is the right route to go i think we can all group together to make change and to ensure change happens i personally don't think we should be you know focusing on verified ids mm. personally Anyway, we did, I feel like we needed to get that off our chest yeah, today. We wanted yeah, to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. So, you know, we yeah. operate in this world, so it was important that we at least address it. But let's get back to cars, because I know that's what most of you want to do. Maybe I'll put a note at the beginning saying, if you want to just hear about Goodwin, skip to whatever minute we're <laughs> minute at now. Minute 12. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, fundamentally, what did you think of Goodwin this year? Well, you've been more than me, but I have been a lot, um, especially over the last five years, since I've been involved in social media. Um I think it was the worst one I ever went to, mate. Uh, it's so tough, this, right? Because, look, let's face it, whilst they were open fully to the public, mm. however many hundreds of thousands of people were there over the weekend, um, they clearly had suffered from COVID. COVID yeah. still plays a part. Yeah, There was a significant lack of big manufacturers, foreign manufacturers, yeah. that usually have a huge presence there. There were still various protocols in place to try and ensure some kind of social distancing or uh, limit sort of, uh, yeah, people touching and coming close to each other. So from those elements, I get it. And there's not much they could do about that. But I don't know. I kind of agree with you. It sounds so aggressive to say. And I think there's also an element where now we've been multiple years, you know, the last six years, I think I've been all four days, every yeah. single day. So yeah. I'm overexposed to the event. And yeah. even though it didn't happen last year, still overexposed. And we're in a world where every single week you and I talk about the latest cars. Correct. We're constantly analysing. We've seen all these cars. We've discussed them. We've looked at them. So for you and I, it's a work event. It's an yeah. industry event. It's all on here. It's all on our phone already. Yeah. So when you walk in there, you'll be like, oh, I saw that two months ago and oh, yeah. I knew that was here. And, yeah. Oh, I don't really care about yeah. that. And so we, and in, we say this so often, we're spoiled. Yeah. So I was trying to analyse that as I was walking around, kind of feeling the same as you, feeling a little bit deflated and a bit like oh, underwhelmed a bit underwhelmed yeah. usually i step into that van even if it's my fourth day if i've been working all four days and i'm exhausted and it's flat out i'm still like it's great to be here though and it's yeah. a buzz and it's exciting where this year i just did walk around going a bit like oh. mm. and i think i say i understand where the struggle might have come from apart from the supercar paddock i think all the other cars there i'd seen before yeah, I mean, even when I, I mean, I didn't really walk around that much. I did walk around, but mm. I didn't spend days walking around. I only went for the day because I thought that would be enough, and it was more than enough. Um, I don't know, mate. I just didn't really see anything that, that and normally I see something that I go, oh, my God, that is unbelievable, and I'll message anyone and go, oh, look yeah, at this. Yeah. Make sure you go and see this. I didn't really see anything. I... I I know we're probably going to talk about it, but I did like the STO, mm -hmm, by mm -hmm, the way. Mm -hmm. And another car that I really liked, and I probably will come back and I'll talk about it, is that new Maserati, that MC20. Oh, I didn't see that coming from you. Yeah. Well, it's good. We, let, we will come on to this because yeah. I think that's what I was saying. So aside from potentially the supercar paddock, mm. it was all the other areas that unfortunately felt a little bit of a letdown. So the main motorsport area with historic race cars, I think all of those, if you had been to Goodwood before, were fairly similar. There probably were a few changes, but most of them felt like in previous years, I'd seen the majority of those cars. If it was your first time ever going, you were probably like, wow. You wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't well. know the difference. But yeah. if you'd been repeat years, that area I walked around being like, Oh. Is that the Cartier lawn? No, no, no. Up behind that, the motorsport paddock where the F1 cars are, where the right, NASCAR's okay. are, where the okay, old Le Mans cars yeah, are, you know, yeah, all yeah. of that side yeah. of it, it was pretty much the same stuff that 
has taken part regularly. Well, that so lawn as well. The Cartier lawn, the Stanley yeah. Lux. Yeah. There was nowhere near as many cars on there as there normally is, mate. And and like... I think the level of cars. It was a very, di- a very different group this year. Yeah. You know, we had some Eagle E-types. I mean, the SLS AMG. There was the Huayra BC or the 760R, yeah, whatever yeah. they called it. But you're right. Usually the Stanley Lux is a... Is a um, Concorde d'Elegance. Yeah. Uh, and you usually get submissions of 250 GTOs or 250TFs. So super rare, bespoke, yeah. weird things you never heard of. Uh, where this year it felt more sort of almost manufacturer or independent manufacturer supported. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, there was stuff that it was good. And I said, I do think that there's a part of it that we are a little bit jaded and we are a little bit overexposed. And I would love to hear from people, if this is your first time ever going to Goodwood and you went, what did you think? What, did you enjoy it? Did you love it? I don't know. Um, but the one area that there was new things for us to look at and to reflect and to talk about was the supercar paddock. Yeah. Because there were lots of new cars that we hadn't seen dynamically or hadn't got up close to yet because of COVID that we got the chance to do this year. But don't, I, I don't know if there were lots, mate. Like like I said, the only two that really, obviously I walked around, but the only two that really interest me, the two that, I'm um, obviously the GT3 as well, but all these cars, I've seen them all online and I read all about them and like... I know this sounds really horrible, but it's the reason why I don't go to like car meets anymore. Because like you've been to one supercar car meet, you've been to them all because they're all the same every single time. Well, we're same spoiled. cars. We're, I mean, we're spoiled. I, I would slightly disagree with you on car meets. I think if you go to the same, like okay, if you only ever go to supercar driver meets, then yeah, of course you're going to see the same cars because they, you know, they do gain new members, but fundamentally it's the same guys that turn mm. up. If you go to uh, Goodwood breakfast meets, it's usually always the same cars. Yeah. But if you, there's a variety, you've got to pick out the right events to go yeah, to. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So, so, so I disagree with you there, but I think, um, yes, the supercar paddock had less of a special exciting feel to it because also some of the cars, whilst we hadn't seen them before, some of them have been out for a year, like that Maserati, it's been out so long, yeah. but because of COVID, none of us have been able to get up close and flesh. see it and see yeah. it in the flesh. It sort of felt, I was like, oh yeah, like, oh, mm. cool, but, yeah. I didn't have the same buzz, whereas Geneva, even though we absolutely slagged it off a few weeks ago, you know, you do get that because everything's so new and you're seeing it there for the first time and it's getting launched. It yeah. feel, it's got a bit more of a... Anyway, I think we're sounding a bit like first world problems. So let's, let's talk about all those cars on the supercar panel okay. because I think you're wrong. There were lots of exciting things. To- Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay. okay. So I'll kick things off with probably, I'm going to say the star of the show, the Aston Martin Valkyrie. All right. In some kind of production form. I don't like pre-production. I didn't even know, like, was that car, were they saying that was the final version? Was it just there? Like, what's happening with that car? I hope it weren't the final version. It broke down. <laughs> so I didn't know this. Apparently on the Friday, you said it broke down going up the hill. It broke down up the hill and caused the 45-minute delay. Oh, God. Except for that moment, I did think it stole the show. You know, it did look and sound, it sounded amazing it does sound amazing i agree with you and it does it does look 
It does look amazing as well, I guess. I guess. No, like, it looks like a spaceship. Yeah, but, but mate, honestly, like we said off camera, it's been coming out for two or three years now. If it not more. still not here. Yeah. Do you know I don't I mean? know what they're doing with it. Because that, okay, it broke down. Trying to fix it. Cars, yeah, <laughs> cars break down. But it looked the finished part, didn't it? I mean, like, it looked ready to go. It was going up and down five out of the six times. And yeah. It, I say sounded good and it had headlights and taillights and what what's left to do, guys? Like, come well, on. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it for me, same with the, the AMG Project One thing, it's almost an impossible task what they're trying to do in terms of engineering. I guess. So I know they've got to get it right, but... And they've probably invested so much money into it where it's at the point of no return. You know, they've promised all these people these cars and they probably feel that... And actually, do you know what? I bet if you drill down into it, I bet they're not going to make any money. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be like the Veyron, isn't it? They're going to lose money per car. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think to see something like that on the road will be mental because it's tiny it's yeah. tiny yeah and whilst the, okay, it sounded great still a bit muted in comparison to what well, we'll come on to it later that crazy lamborghini whatever it was called um but i just think the idea is still exciting and to finally see it dynamically on display in a proper livery being used being driven i think it was exciting it's a bit like the Ford GT. Mm. You know, that took so long to finally actually hit the road and get the, the, that everything kind of caught up and overtook it. But somehow that Valkyrie is still a spaceship. And, and I'm going to say, it's, for me, it stole the show from the supercar paddock. Yeah, I just, honestly, I really hope, for the customer's sakes that have waited so long, I really hope it works. As in, what I mean is, it doesn't let these people down. Yeah. Because I, I personally think it will. I, I think they're just going to have endless problems with it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, I think the Mercedes less so because of the power of Mercedes. Um, but but a, a, again, I, I just really hope they they get it they right. they get it right. Yeah. So do I. Well, let's move on to that Lamborghini I spoke about because if there was another car that stole the show, it was. I'm going to read this because I actually just didn't know the name. The Essenza SC V12. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know Essenza. I just knew SC V12. So, correct me if I'm wrong. This is Lamborghini's version of the Ferrari XX program. Uh, correct. Okay, or the what did Porsche do in that era? Like the 935. Is that sort of super track yeah, special yeah, yeah. craziness? We're not going racing in anything. It's just to go and have fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, noise limits is a problem at that point. Oh, my God. <laughs> it sounded so... So good. It yeah. was so loud. That V12, I mean, it sounds great in a standard Aventador, mm. let alone this. I'm assuming that's what it is, right? It's just an Aventador turned up to yeah, 11, if not yeah. 15. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no headlights, insane bodywork. It kind of had like elements of like Centenario slash, uh, v- v- what's, what's, what's the v- 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 Venino, Venino, Venino. Yeah, it just, yeah, it yeah. just looked absolutely mad. Yeah. I kind of wanted it to be painted like, you know, black or something like that because it had all that crazy livery on it. You couldn't it did, quite work yeah. out what was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looked and sounded nuts and was being driven like a Lamborghini should be driven was, every time yeah. it went up the hill. Yeah. Super cool to see. So I'm glad that came along, even though it's semi-pointless and we'll never see it again. Mm. Or probably next year we'll see it. But you know, <laughs> it, was, it was cool. It was cool. Well, then the Italians are going to make it. Yeah, but it's track only for their super legit yeah, customers, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, it'll be there, but I, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know what track you're going to take. That's what I mean. Like, it'll be <laughs> just for a Lambo Your day own at Monza, track. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, actually, and we can talk about a bit of news around this. Did you see the, the Rimac C2, now called the Nevera? Well, they've teamed up with Bugatti, right? So, let's come back to that for, in two seconds. Because okay. did you actually see the car? Did you see it going up the hill? Uh, well, I didn't hear it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I did see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the time he came up me. He was sideways. I thought he was going to bin it. Yeah, I actually thought he was going to bin it. I mean, it looked dynamically either a handful or damn exciting. Well, there was a couple of cars that went up there that were absolutely flying, flying, and that was one of them. To yeah. be fair, yeah, it looked real quick. So this is obviously the follow up to the sort of I, I think very famous or infamous. Rimac C1 that oh, yeah. Hammond nearly died in, yeah. uh, amongst other people. Uh, but it's been in development for a while. Mighty impressive. Insane amounts of new tech and pushing the kind of EV barrier 
miles away, but mm-hmm. they're now we now know it's called the Navera as a sort of production car. Mm-hmm. And I think visually not the most stunning car I've ever seen in my life. No. And maybe the design looks a bit old now because it did launch at Geneva quite a few years ago as a C2. But as I say, it looked dynamically so impressive. Uh, but you're right. The sort of big news before Goodwood was that Rimac have teamed up with Bugatti who are now kind of both owned by Porsche. <laughs> yeah, so what's happened there is, have you, Bugatti, I didn't catch this bit, have they bought Rimac or have Rimac bought Bugatti? So the Rimac group, I actually need to bring up the umbrella spreadsheet. Because I don't really know what's happened. All I know is, is that they've merged. So I don't really know what's happened. The Rimac group have bought, uh, here we go, here we go. So, this is like amazing. They love uh, this, the audience, you do Googling and they Google, love They like- love it. <laughs> We're so prepared for you lot. Always. (laughs) So the Rimac Group is owned by Porsche, 24%. Hyundai, 12%. Mate Rimac, the original founder, 37%. And then some other random investors, 27%. That's the Rimac Group, right? Fair. So then there's a Bugatti-Rimac merger, which is part owned by Rimac and Bugatti. Oh my God. But that is 55% owned by the Rimac Group and 45% owned by Porsche. And then you've got Rimac Technology, which is the separate EV company. So basically, this is, you know, Rimac haven't bought Bugatti, Bugatti haven't bought Rimac. It's a, it's a, some kind of merger new company, which is called Bugatti Rimac. So Rimac are going to help Bugatti develop an EV Bugatti and their hybrid powertrains. I think Bugatti are going to help Rimac make their cars look pretty. <laughs> and then there's going to potentially be some kind of joint force like the yeah. like the Alpine Lotus yeah. EV. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of mad because fundamentally it's all owned by Porsche. Like, like, like not majority shareholder, but it, yeah. it, a lot of it is owned by Porsche, which makes yeah. it very confusing. Yeah. Um, it, it's the technology bit, isn't it? That, they, that yes. Basically, without cutting around the bush, it's the technology bit that they bought. Which is, no, 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 no. So Rimac technology is completely 100% owned by the Rimac group, right. which, okay, fine. Porsche own 24% of. Right. Okay. Fine. fine. But it, it's, it's so weird it's and complicated. Odd, mate. And everyone Hyundai thought. in there as well. Hyundai's a bit rogue, isn't it? But yeah. I think everyone had thought that Rimac were just trying to buy Bugatti outright and then Bugatti were going to become fully EV. But I think he said that uh, it's not to like 2030 something that they're going to do their first EV. They're still doing combustion engines for ages. Um, and that there's going to be some bit of hybrid technology and a whole new v- model for Bugatti. Like, it's kind of cool and exciting and confusing and like, wow, maybe this is the future of cars. Maybe we're going to see Ferrari and... Who? <laughs> Ferrari and... <laughs> Ferrari, we don't care. No, no, maybe not Ferrari, but I don't no. know, like Kia and Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's... I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I'm excited by it. Who knows where it's going to lead us? I think these these petrol head manufacturers as in Lamborghini, Ferrari, Bugatti, um, McLaren. I think that, you know, they'll all make petrol engines right up till 2030 in the hope that something else is developed in the meantime where they haven't got to get rid of a combustion engine. Because I honestly think, mate, some of these manufacturers are finished. Yeah, but remember that's the UK that's the current UK ruling. That's not a global yeah. thing for 2020. No. And it's only the sale of new cars within the UK. Yeah. And so hybrid, I think, is... Are you allowed to buy hybrids? I think you are allowed to buy hybrids up to 2035. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so hybrid is going to be a huge part of it. We've seen with the Artura, SF90s, all these cars. Like That's going to be the, the obvious next step. But alongside that, there is such a heavy push for other tech, you know, uh, biofuels. I, I'm literally speaking to Shell at the moment about some stuff for later in the year, and their push towards biofuels because we know Formula One's going biofuel for, yeah. for next year. And Porsche, whilst this, they're heavily investing in things like this Bugatti Rimac merger. They're also heavily investing in biofuels, mm. hydrogen. I saw Paddy Lowe. We spoke about him a few weeks ago at Goodwood, and like, there's so much going on in this sector that if I was Ferrari, I wouldn't be sitting there going, "Oh no, we we cannot sell an F8 in 2030 in the UK." I think there's too many other things going mm, on. I agree, yeah. Um, and we've got a lot to still find out over the next nine years yeah. as to what that is actually going to look like in 2030 and will those rules still be there? Will they have to change? Will they be made to change? Like, anyway, let's find out. Um, but to go back to your sort of point, 
yeah, I, I, I don't think manufacturers are thinking, let's just max it out till 2030 because all these countries are different. Mm. And we know that basically China are the people that are buying all the, all the supercars. I spoke to McLaren briefly. They're like, oh yeah, we're selling loads in China. Went, are they? The conspiracy theories are true. Yeah, yeah. Economy's booming over there. Yeah. Thanks, Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> don't start that again. <laughs> so, but you know what I mean? So like, and I don't know what China's laws are, but. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think, Everyone will come under under pressure. Us in the UK have said 2030. I think as time goes on, because we've said that, I think other countries are going to become under pressure to do the same. Haven't France said like 2025 or something? Yeah, Just to be Fra- like one step ahead of yeah, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. But who cares about... No, what, but, who cares the, about France? No, no, no. <laughs> Before, I said careful now, because they're definitely within our demographic somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, not very high, but, but yeah. we got a lot of people... Bonjour! <laughs> no, but what I mean is, is that... The, the 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 percentage of supercars that are actually bought in France. Careful now. No, I know no, you're right, but careful. It's nowhere near the UK, mate. Agreed. No, so, no, you're right. You're you know, right. they all they all buy Persian two oh eights and and Clio's. Yeah, Citroens and stuff so, like that. <laughs> which you can all no, they do, mate. You go to Paris, there's all these little cars are everywhere. I don't, know, no I should, I don't know if I should stop you from trolling people at the minute. Nice no, true. Enjoy your Clio, French man. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on before we get into trouble for you know, basically what's called uh, <laughs> discrimination. Thank you. Um McLaren Artura, speaking of hybrid supercars, did you see it? Check it out. I saw it, yeah, I walked straight past it. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I walked past all of them, mate. In the honest. flesh, way more like a five seventy S than I thought it would be. Well, a similar size, right? Well, it's very similar size, but yeah. also design-wise. I think in the launch photos, it's like this whole new thing, like, oh, wow, this is so exciting. In the flesh, I was like, oh, it's just an updated 570S. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. Um, I, I barely look, I did look at it, but barely. Barely. Uh, Maserati MC20, you mentioned. So you, oh, like you kind of like that. I like it. It sounded yeah. appalling. Oh. I actually think... Don't all modern cars. No, but it particularly appalling, I thought. You say all modern cars, we'll come back to the STO in a second because go on Lambo. Um, yeah. But I just thought it sounded like a Hoover, way worse than a McLaren. And yes, it does look very pretty. Good value. Is it though? What's One, one with options, about 200. How's that good value, mate? Well, an Altura is 240. An R2 is two. Yeah, but it's not, it doesn't compete in that. I, I, so what's it competing with then? It does. An R8. <laughs> 600 and... 20 odd horsepower? Yeah. But Still a supercar. Yeah, no, and it is. I think I, it looked better than the Altura. I need some people to drive it and to tell me what it's like. Because mm. I think Seb Delaney did a video on it and, and he was very complimentary, but said it was softer than he was expecting. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to see some catch balls and some Dickie Meadens. I, I, I want to see some people really. Oh, I wouldn't buy one, by the way, but I just thought it looked, you know, we slagged it off. I, you know, I just think it deserves a little bit more credit. Okay. It will lose a ton of money, I'm sure. But I think it's. Fairly good value, mate. I mean, it looks like a full-on like, supercar. I, I don't think you could say that. I think if it was 140, I'd say it's great value. But, yeah, but, but I think mate, at 200k, every supercar is 200k. No, no they're get, not. Get a Huracan, get an F8. But they're not 200k anymore. They're 250 plus now. One spec'd up. Yeah. So, but they, they start at the 180 something, don't they? Yeah, but, you know, cars have moved on in terms of price now, you know. Like, it's not five years ago when they were that money, you know. Like, a uh, starting price of a, a Ferrari's now a quarter of a million quid. You know, things have moved oh, on. It's all a bit depressing. And yeah. thankfully, there's something that's not depressing that we can finally talk about. What? The Lotus Amira. Oh! Ah, finally! Uh, I saw that car. Okay, go on, talk to me. <laughs> oh, know? no, don't do that. No. What? I was so excited. Oh, no. No, wait. I was... <laughs> he doesn't know what I'm going to say. What's happening? I was so excited about that car. But actually, when I started walking around it and looking around it, I can see why it's 60 grand. What do you mean? No, it does look cheap, mate. <gasps> Honestly, it looks a bit cheap inside. <sighs> like uh, now, I've seen them both. I would still have a Cayman over one, hundred percent, all day long. Firstly, can we just say uh, not final production cars? No, no, no. But just, they just, won't just, be just far to clarify, off, right? they won't be far off, but Correct. not final production cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, secondly, all I would agree with you there is that. It's looks. It's a much more looks like a Lotus in real life than the, on the photos. I think Correct. on the on the photos you get these kind of elements of yeah MC twenty looks like a supercar. It, it looks like a baby supercar. Like mm. it, it, it has more presence in the photos. In real life, it's definitely a Lotus. Yeah. But I would so disagree with you, and especially in comparison to prior generation Lotai. 
it's such a huge step forwards in terms of... But it had to be. Of course it had to be. Yeah. But, but it also, as you say, had to be within reason to be at a competitive and attractive price point. For me, the fact that that car is circa 60K... Plus options. It, of course, but it's why everyone's going nuts for it. Like, that's why there's so much something. They sold bucket loads over Good Festival Speed. You couldn't get on that stand. You could not get on that stand. And even at the live launch event that Paul and I went to, people were putting deposit downs right then and there because, unlike Maserati, an Amira is genuinely an affordable sports car with an appropriate amount of power available with different engine options, different gearboxes in an attractive shape and an attractive size with the kind of interior components that you now need. Fine, they're not going to be as lux as a, a Ferrari or they're not going to be as lux as something at over 100k. But they're Ferrari's not supposed not a good to be. example. No, no, it's not a good <laughs> the example. Ferrari looked terrible. But, yeah, but, but I don't think you can sit there and go, oh, it looks cheap because I think for that price point, it is appropriately built or it's got the appropriate amount of, sort of stuff mm. in it and those weren't final 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 production cars and you say oh, i'd have a cayman hands down see i personally wouldn't okay if it's gts four liter cayman versus amira v6 manual i'm going amira oh no i'd definitely have the cayman 100 percent i'll have the cayman it i think it, i think the amira is heavier than the cayman isn't it i think was i right in that Lotus yeah I, ju- I, I mean i i, I just i would just struggle to put my money anywhere else. When it comes to that that market, yeah, it's a that little bit, he- it's a little bit car, heavier. That sports car market, I I, I, I would just struggle to put my money but, anywhere because, else than the Cayman. Yes, and, and you're buying you're buying the best car at that price point. Fine, because that's mm. the question for any sports car. Circa sixty k right is why not the Cayman? Mm. It's the same with the Alpine. It's the same with the Supra. <laughs> a bit of a stretch, but you know, like anything in that sector, why not the Cayman? I think the Lotus is the perfect. Why not the Cayman? Because because of the Lotus, finally you've got this car that does or could compete. Let's say could, because we don't know yet for sure until we've driven it. But I think it's got all the formula. The engine sounds great. I know it's a great engine from when I spent that time with the Avora. A proper manual. And the Cayman is good, but like a lot of Porsches, sometimes there's a problem with being too good. Sometimes it's too, it's too clinical and... You need a bit of emotion, you need a bit of character, you need a bit of persona to gel with a car. And every Lotus I've driven has given me that, sometimes for the wrong reasons. Sometimes I don't, I don't fit, or they bump me around, or it cooks my food in the back. And I think that, yeah. that could still be a problem, by the way, yeah. for the Amira, because you've only got that one boot in the back. Yeah, although every time you just said it earlier on, every time you buy a Porsche, you instantly want another one when you sell it. So Yes, but... but I, I'm just trying to think I now. I think there is a but. There is. Why didn't I keep my 911 Carrera T? I went around the world. I put 30,000 miles on the clock. Okay, fine. It wasn't the right spec. It should have been the manual with the sports seats and blah, blah, blah. I think because you were done with it. I, but I should, I should never have wanted to sell that car. The adventures I did with it, what I achieved with it, the memories. I should ne- And I had this conversation with somebody during that B2G live event. I should have never wanted to sell that car. And that 718 Cayman S was fantastic, but I never felt super bonded and attached with it. And the 911 downstairs, the 996, it's been great. I haven't driven it enough, so I haven't given myself the chance to really bond with it. But I still... That's because when I go downstairs and I haven't got a press car or a loan car or another commitment, I usually pick something else. Will you buy another Porsche? Almost definitely. Right. <laughs> and I'm constantly emailing Alex <laughs> at Guildford saying, where's my GT3 touring slot, you douchebag? So um, that's that then, so that arguments, I mean... No, because I think the, the point being, I want the special Porsches. Those are the Porsches. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Amira has the opportunity to be special from the outset. Gonna buy one. I, I, I have to drive it before I buy it. I can't do what a lot of people are doing and buy blind. It's a whole new era and generation for Lotus. I think I think there's a lot of speculation there and a lot of hype as well in terms of why people were doing what they were doing. And and I half get it, but actually you can take as many deposits as you want, but we've seen it so many times before. You can take as many orders as you want, but how many people actually follow through with it? You know what I mean? Some Mate, there'll be some people there at that weekend putting deposits on that car because their mate's next to them telling them to buy it. Do you know what I mean? That, well, that's it the still thing. creates then, hype. Yeah, yeah, but then it's buyer's remorse. You know, you get you get a few weeks later and you actually think about it and think, well, actually, do you know what? I probably made a mistake here. It'd be interesting to see how many they sell. Let's wait and see. We've got, yeah, a, let, we got a long wait. time to wait. But, but from, from what I've seen now... And again, I haven't driven it either. From what from what I've seen, my money would still be in a Cayman. 
ice cream trucks just turned up. It's very loud today, isn't it? It is loud. Don't know if yeah. the microphones are picking that up, but wow, he is blasting that music yeah. out. I like an ice cream. Well, let's see. It? I'm super excited by it. I think so. Yeah, for, uh, we're not going to see anything until early or mid 2022 in terms of cars on the road, and that's for the V6. I think the AMG, maybe not even till 23. And as well, that's probably the one I'd have the 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 the, the DCT two liter AMG engine. You know, like we always, I always knock the four. Um, what am I called? What am I saying? The baby F type. Yeah, the well, I'm having a mind blank. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. They sell tons of them. That's what everyone buys. They yeah. sell tons of them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that might be the case with the mirror. I think me too. The drivers, because hashtag are for the drivers, mm. will buy the manual V6. Yeah. But I think actually, once they're both on the road and easily available, I think the AMG DCT, like that's It'd be a bit lighter, probably. Probably oh, be a just, bit. What a great engine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree, mate. I would say there was another car on display uh, that was getting an equal amount of sort of intrigue and interest, uh, which was that new Ineos Grenadier, the, the off-road and SUV. I saw that, yeah. I managed to go and sit in it. Oh, good. Because uh, they, they recently did the interior reveal as well. So now we're sort of seeing it in shape or form. Obviously, we've sort of had leaks of photos here and there, and there's some shots of it driving in the Is mountains somewhere. Is this final somewhere. production, basically? No, I think or? they're still... Well, I think, I think we, we sort of seen the interior and exterior, but there's still some development ongoing. Do we know engines? Uh, it's got the BMW engine. It's got diesel and petrol, I think. Uh, is it diesel and petrol? Free anyway, lead, free it's, it's, got the, it's the same as my X40i, I'm pretty sure. Oh, very good. It's punchy. I mean, it's quick. Very good. Um, but it looks... I personally like the way it looks a lot now because I think yep. it's evolved. And you can actually see inspiration from lots of different sort of classic and iconic off-roaders. But the inside, I think they've actually smashed it. Every button, firstly, can I just say, buttons, not touch screens, so chunky. Mm. It's on these like, and it's like this strip. It's like, an, it's like sitting in an airplane, like a sort of Boeing 737. It goes up onto the roof. You've got these big chunky buttons and flips and... I just kept on. I couldn't touch anything because it was a pre-production like display kind of like. Okay, just look, don't touch. Um, but I just wanted to push things and manhandle things, yeah. and it's the kind of car that you could have and really trash and know it would take it. Of course, and that's what that's exactly what it looks like. And from what from what I saw, I mean, I didn't really sit in it, but I had a good look in it. You know, I didn't yeah, see yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. I had a good look. It looks like the the buttons. Like it's just off, yeah, yeah, or yeah. on, yeah, on. Or, or switch. Just simple, or, just know, straightforward. It, like it's very simple. If yeah. we're talking about how much we love that the Amira is this kind of affordable, back to basic sports car, mm. I think the Grenadier has got that same thing. It's in a land of super fast, super expensive SUVs. Suddenly, you've got one which is just sort of back to basics. It's got everything you need. Just get in it, bash it, kick it around, put the dogs in it, get it muddy. There was one parked at the back of the supercar paddock, which they were using for the runs. Yeah. So the day I went, it was covered in sort of mud and it was yeah. just left over to the side. And I was like, God, this looks cool. How this much looks- is it? Um, I actually don't know. If they, I don't think they've confirmed pricing yet, actually. 50,000 quid or something. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Be a disaster if it's 110. No, <laughs> I'm not going to eat. I'm going to eat my words, aren't I? Yeah, no, but I don't think it's going to be that money. I, I think it's. I think it's cool. You know, I, I will. We'll hopefully, you know, keep following that. And that's going to be very interesting. That car because it's almost a step back in time. Because obviously, we as because of what we do these touch screen. I like them, but mm. for you as especially, they can be a bit fiddly and they're annoying. And there's a menu and a menu and a menu and a menu. But from my job and my point of view, it's what the market demands now, mate. So it'd be very interesting to see how that car gets on because it's gone very back to the old school. But it's got all the Apple CarPlay's. Of course. And it's got, it's yeah, got a, it's got a um, what's called, a digital uh, yeah. cock, cockpit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Virtual, sounds, virtual. Sounds a bit weird when you say yeah. that word, don't you? <laughs> Ever been in a cockpit, son? <laughs> um, that's a quote from airplane. But yeah, no, no. But it's, for me, what I like is okay so that x3 that i've got is completely the wrong car to do this with but that is it's twiggy's car that car mm. we trash it yeah i yeah. just dump it in fields i yeah, but yeah. It's, i never clean it it's always filthy and i quite like that and i like the idea of okay fine i'm not going to take a grenadier and drive it up to the top of ben nevis like that's it's not my life but no. i like a car that i can just kind of use and abuse and the grenadier looks like it could take it of and course. if i want to put i don't know the lights on, so it's like bang and hit that Put button. The lights on, yeah. Rather than having to fiddle around, touch this and all haptic feedback, and I'm just like, oh, bore off. Where sometimes it's nice just to manhandle things and 
and know what you're turning on and off. And it kind of just feels like you could fit. I, I, I couldn't fix it, but it feels like I could fix it if something went wrong. Rather than a lot of the modern cars, I kind of worry that if it's got an electronic issue, then you're screwed. What do you do? Well, you won't switch the lights on your X3. Do it itself. Exactly. Well, there yeah. you go. I'm sure the Grenadier will. But, you know, yeah, you can, yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that, you know, there's got to, I, I don't know. And I, I was excited by it. Yeah, and, yeah. And every time I walk past that kind of future vision area of the paddock, there was always crowds around mm. it. Always people checking were, it out. Yeah. So I yeah. think, you know, interesting to keep an eye on that. What's this genius thing? What's all that about? Have you seen that? That uh, It's a new car brand called Genius. No, Genesis. 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 What's all that it's about? It's coming over from America. It's a weird one. It, in America, it's premium. It's luxury. All right. It's is, luxury on the road. Is it like what Infinity used to be? Yes. Yes. I actually don't know who the parent group is, if there is a parent group. Genesis. That's going to go down well then. Who, uh, well, um, you want to know even worse than that is their pricing. Hyundai. It's a Hyundai sub-brand. Ah, fair enough. Um, and it was in America. And I say for them, it's like luxury, like premium. Like, and they stole a designer from Bentley, I think. Coming to Europe. Coming to Europe for the first time. And their SUV, which I think is the GV80, which I say is... Looks you know, like the Bentayga. Well, because it was the designer from the Bentayga. Yeah. It starts 56 grand, but that's... it's. So much more. Is that a lie? That's a lie because I saw someone spec one up and it's got insane. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, luxury premium, Lux, luxury specification. Yeah, sixty-three that's... grand plus options. Yeah. You get eight-speed automatic shift by wire and paddle shifters. Yeah, that's something like I'm doing another in the. I I would NFL. think that. <laughs> The problem is, again, that market to try and shift the Germans. I mean, Jaguar have been trying to do it forever. And unfortunately, the Germans have got that market completely sewn up. So, But the thing, the problem which I've got with this is, hey, Ford Mustang, I love you. You know, yeah. Chevy Camaro, great, do it. If you're going to come here and claim to be affordable luxury with technology and performance, I'm just reading their website. It's a bit like you've got a big battle to climb because mm. actually I went and had a quick look at one and I was like, mm. I don't think this is luxury. No, super performance. Well, that's that was Infinity's problem, mate. Is you know, and that and and that was Nissan's arm and how big a Nissan that you know they 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 pulled out of Europe now. Infinity, they're not they're not even in Europe anymore. Also, this I, this is I'm going to sound really um catty for saying this, and this I kind of I've all, I want to say it. I'm going to regret saying it. I got an email from an agency that represents Genesis in the build-up to Goodwood Festival Speed saying, hi, where's Sour? We'd love to, with Genesis coming to Europe, we'd love to work with you and we've got this super exclusive opportunity. Like, we can gift you two tickets to Festival of Speed. Uh, it's amazing. Like, it's the biggest car event. Two tickets for you, just for you. In return, we expect or we request two Instagram grid posts and 10 to 12 Instagram stories. Oh, they've got that wrong. And <laughs> without sounding like, you know, a real no, prima no. donna here. Firstly, I think it was, oh, I don't, I, I can sound like a douche. Okay, I'm just going to go, I'm going to rip off the bandaid. I think it was naive of them to assume I'd never heard a Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah. Which was coming from the wrong point of view. Secondly, to sort of insinuate that I probably wouldn't have tickets a week before the event. Why, yeah. why, if I was writing that, from my old PR days, I would have said, hey, Sam, Goodwood's coming around. I'm sure you already set up, but like we, we do have access this year. If you want to come along, we can hook you up. We've got yeah. tickets, let us know. And just so that you all know, in case any of you are interested in one point getting involved with the social media world or anything like that, there is no such thing as a brand demanding, requesting, or expecting coverage, especially when they list the quantity of that coverage and not paying for it. Yeah. Now, there's something called PR, there's editorial coverage, where, hey, look, a brand can invite me along to the event, say, hey, look, we'd love to hang out with you, blah, blah, and they are hoping, and there's a, probably a quiet gentleman's agreement somewhere that you're probably going to post something or some, you know, at some time about yeah. the thing. But there's no obligation, it's not spoken about, there's definitely not an agreed amount of coverage. That's fine. But if a brand ever approaches you and says, this is the kind of content we want, this is what we want to cover, that's then a commercial agreement. That's marketing. That is no longer PR. The whole thing made me feel, like, made my skin itch. And as I say, it makes me sound like, oh, oh my God, you're, you've emailed me seen through glass. I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying that Genesis have annoyed me because they, I think they're going about things in the wrong way from Well, day they one. haven't researched you for a start. They've just sent an email out. And you know what? Fair play for you to explaining that because not many people do that. So 
obviously I know. Yeah. But well done for explaining that, boy, because the audience won't really get that bit of it very, very well. So, well, I mean, you know, there's an importance to PR. There's of lots course, of, you know, there is. you can't yeah, as yeah. a you can't as a creator demand payment for every single thing in the world. But no, that's what I'm saying is they should have come at it from a tact of. I'm sure you're going a good word. You know, just in case you want some extra tickets, let us know. By the way, come over to the stand, come check it out. We can show you the car. Maybe we could lend you a car for the weekend. Because then, of course, if they did that, I probably would throw up a load of stories. Because, yeah. heck, it's a new car. So they just got it very wrong. Anyway, yeah. um, get that off my chest. Uh, Hurricane STO, I agree. Looks mega. Sounded unbelievable. Kind of want to have a go in one. You probably want to buy one. No. no. So he I, says I, that now. I stopped yeah. stop short of wanting to buy one. But... Honestly, mate, it was one of the standout car. In fact, you know what? It was the standout car for me. For me, the okay. Val- the, Val- the, Val- the Valkyrie was obviously what everyone was going mad. But I'm not getting one of them. I got one. I can't afford one, and I-, I wouldn't want one if I could. So the the STO was the standout car for me. Obviously, we had the 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 GT3 as well, which was also, and sounded very good, by the way, as mm-hmm. it went up the hill. Mm-hmm. But the STO was like, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd buy an STO. I'm not going to say I definitely won't. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to buy a new one. Sure. That's for sure. Sure. Because I know what they're going to do in terms of values. But, you think you know? The only thing that puts me off is that it is a track variant of the Performante. It's like an RS version of the Performante. But it's so freaking loud. You're not going to be able to go on any tracks. I've said this before. And there is literally nowhere to put anything. So you couldn't even take it on a road trip. But, but. Super cool. Really yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I thought all the specs I saw all weekend were awful. And I think it's going to be a car a bit like the Senna. People are going to spec it really aggressively weirdly because you can. Yeah. And most people were encouraged to go add Persona or Ad whatever it's called. Like, and they're all going to pick weird colours. We all know Shmi's going quite aggressive yeah. with his. Like, and so I think we're all, uh, there will be a few beauties, but I think a lot of people are going to go like, um, I'd have an old black one I would yeah I, I, it's it's going to be cool there was that amazing one up in Edinburgh wasn't it or Glasgow that got photographed on social yes. media that looked, was in green was it, it looked, green? It looked unbelievable good, yeah. so hey I agree I think it's going to be super cool it'll be so stiff it'll be so hardcore it's going to be super unnecessary yeah. but I, I, I kind of liked it as well yeah. uh, seeing the GT3 in person going up the hill any preference over the, the wing or the touring I'd always have a wing, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd always have pretty, the wing. Though, didn't yeah. It? It and actually, pretty. did you see the cup car go up? No, I missed oh that. Oh, my God. Unreal. The new, the new. Right up your street, that, isn't it? Right up yeah. my... I mean, he was absolutely... <laughs> obviously, I went on the yeah. Friday, it was completely dry. And he absolutely sent it all Flawed the way. Flawed it. Completely flat out, all the oh, way no. out real. It was oh, amazing, amazing, yeah. Um, one thing we didn't talk about, which I'll just briefly touch. Did you see the G- GR86s? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Did you? Yeah, I was a little disappointed actually. Yeah. I, I thought the launch photos, I thought they looked really cool. And actually when I saw them in person, I think I think they've lost a little bit. They sort of they looked a little bit dull. Once they sort of tuned up and modified, maybe some people will do some cool body kits for things and stuff like that, because that's always the supremacy with those mm. cars, isn't it? But the GT eighty six always had a bit of a thing about it. It yeah. looked kind of cool. It's got a good following that car, you know. It does from yeah. a dealer point of view. They they sell well, yeah, you know, they're, sure. they're they're good cars, you know. Well it'll be interesting to keep track of those. A lot Anything of manufacturers that, weren't there. We knew that, yeah, as in no yeah. BMW, no Audi, no But Mercedes. BMW did have the new 2 Series that they were sending up the hill, didn't they? The 240i. Which you looked, don't really like. I didn't like, but I actually liked it better in person. Yeah, me too. I actually think it looks all right. Yeah, I think it looks all right, actually. And uh, again, it went up the hill. It was, it was almost like an electric car, mate. It was so it's quiet. Super silent. Like, this is, completely silent. These are the 2022 sort of regulations I think we're seeing with some of these super new cars. They will be silent, but yeah. what can we do? There's something to do about uh, it. Um, Jag? Jag. I mean, they had, they had the 60th anniversary F-Type R that went up, then the F-Pace, and... They didn't really have, they weren't really launching anything, so mm. there wasn't really anything. Sorry, 60th anniversary, 70th anniversary, wasn't it? They still sound well, the Jags, though, because you, you listen to the Jags as they go up, and they still got that growl. Yeah. yeah, they've still they've got that a good job bark. And, yeah. yeah, but there wasn't anything. They had a beautiful chalk blue F-Pace SVR Saw on that. the stand. That was very yeah. nice. Lovely inside them new cars now, aren't they? Super nice. Really nice. Um, 100 grand, though. For that particular one, because that was oh, what oh, they called, oh, that was their SVO paint, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um... Just trying to think of anything else. Mate, I don't think they're really like kind you of know, it, isn't it? Yeah, there really wasn't a lot really to. Oh, I saw the Elva with the windscreen, the McLaren Elva with the windscreen. Uh, okay, looked I all didn't... right, that really. Yeah, it looked all right. Looked all right. Uh, oh, <laughs> I just can't get my head around them. One point five two million pound cars in these countries that got no 
No windscreens and no yeah. roofs. Like you still have a Monza any day of the week, though. Yeah, of course you'd have a Monza, but even then, like after seventy mile an hour, I mean your head's coming off. Yeah, <laughs> literally, isn't it's it? It's so true. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, well, you know, look, we were bitter to begin with, and I, I still agree that yes, personally, it was my least enjoyable Goodwood for memory, but maybe for a number of reasons. I'm not going to put it wholly down to the particular event. I think COVID did have an impact. Maybe my mentality going into the event. I don't know, but but. One way or another, it was fantastic to be at a huge car event. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the best good whatever, it was great to be amongst car people and c- connecting with people again and sharing a passion. So that was great. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, it won't go down in if my mind. If you'd never mind. been before, you wouldn't know the difference. Well, you'd have thought, this is brilliant. Maybe that's but, the case. So let yeah. us know. Let us know. Comment below if, you, if it was your first time. And, and even if it wasn't, what was the standout car for you? Maybe we've missed some things. Maybe we've forgotten some stuff. So yeah, definitely comment below and let us know if you were at Goodwood. Uh, and then if you weren't, uh, will you be going next year? Will you be flying across from around the world? Who knows? Because I feel like that's maybe also why some of the numbers were down. Because usually we do, you do get a lot of internationals coming yeah, in for Festival yeah. of Speed. We didn't have that this year. So less people, which was actually quite nice. Oh, we've already spoke about the manufacturers that weren't here and a lot of them were German manufacturers just not here anyway we'll call that a day for today because we've we've blattered on for quite a bit (laughs) yeah we have a bit Uh, so anyway we'll be back with you is next week a live episode no next week Next week's a normal episode. So, yeah, we'll be back with you next week. So, yeah, if you don't want to miss out, make sure to subscribe now. Turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Uh, if you're listening, keep listening on whatever platform you are. Uh, Tony's at Tony Gravel with Carl Sells on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. I basically said what I need to say. Catch you soon. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 